Welcome to Sharing My Truth with Mel and Susie, the uncensored version, where we bear it all. We do. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. Oh, it's Sharing My Truth Pod with Mel and Susie. I'm so excited. Do I sound excited, Mel? You sound like a valley girl or something. Um, Welcome back, guys. Please, while you're here, if you could just give us a cute little five-star review, that'd be amazing. Tell us your deepest, darkest feelings on those reviews. We want to hear them. Uh, It's all anonymous. Um, Maybe not in the reviews, but in our DMs. Whatever you feel like. Yeah, we get a lot of those though, don't we? <laughs> hey, babe. Hello, my darling. I love you so much. Um, How are you? I'm fabulously fabulous. Ah, I love that so much. That's I mean, perfect. That's what you should be, really, shouldn't you? All the time, every day, all day. Well, that, that's, uh, that'd be lying. That's too much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, well, today we have a very, very, very special episode. Um, and... It, we just had an amazing interview. We did. With we did. Miss Erin Keating. How do you say her name in British? Keating. <laughs> Is there a special way? Erin Keating. Erin Keating. Oh, fine. I don't think Erin. Anyway, yes, anyway. It but could she, be like Diane Keating. It's almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Thanks, Susie. And she's from the podcast. Hotter than ever she which is. she is she definitely is hotter Holy than ever shit is she ever she's living her best life that's for sure it's amazing like you hear her story you'll hear it on our pod go check her pod out hotter than ever um she talks she talks she talks about her life and how she got to this point of just kind of becoming a new woman in her 50s. Yes. Which is so cool because I think, you know, when we talk about it on the episode that's coming up right now of like, you know, usually a lot of women kind of lose themselves in this, which she did and she admits to that. But the way she's found herself again is so inspiring. It is. And I also think her story, I mean, she speaks mostly to women, but I think her story actually can be relevant to anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's just she got to a point in her life and thought she had all the trappings of what she wanted, success and career and a marriage and children and a big house and all this sort of stuff. And then wasn't actually very happy and not happy in her marriage. And some, you know, she talks about what happened. We won't give it away. And mm-hmm. it made her think, actually, I, I've got to, I've got to do something. I've got to change this. Otherwise this is another 40 years of this stuff. Oh my God. And I think it's relevant to anybody, whether you're young, you're middle-aged like me, or you're older, just like it's never too late to actually just live like to be happy and maybe think about what is the thing that you want or the thing that's missing or why you're not happy. And I think that's the problem is often that's very difficult to figure that out. It takes 100%. a lot of stuff. It really happen. does. And like just the fact that she, you know, she's a mom, she has or like had her career completely laid out for her. She uh, is an award-winning television producer. Like she was huge in New York and she now in LA. She's just so cool. But the way she's just, yeah, created her own thing now. And she's like, 
fuck it. I don't care what people think anymore of me. I just want to be who I want to be. Yeah, I mean, listen. You can say that. You'll listen to the interview. One of the great things I found about her, she's just very open and very honest about what she did and her feelings and so on. And and talking about that to actually help other people because a lot of people mm -hmm. are stuck at whatever point they are in life, particularly obviously when you hit 50, it's a kind of landmark thing. But listen to it. Listen to the interview that's coming up. And you will see. You, you will see. You're, yeah. You were here. I was here. <laughs> I was here. But you, the we'll audience, see. And will here. see and hear <laughs> what happened. Oh, my God. We it. love you so much. Go and listen to this. It's going to start in three, two, one. Go. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Um, we're obviously so excited to have you here. This is, it's always so fun for us to meet, you know, fellow podcasters um, and obviously like listening to your episodes and your topics are so fun and vibrant and obviously go with exactly what Mel and I um, love to chat about as well. Um, and I'd love for you to just give us a brief introduction for our listeners, what you do, where you come from. And what your yeah, pod's about. What your pod's about and maybe where they can find you as well. Um. So what do I do? So I have a podcast called Hotter Than Ever. Uh, and it's about reinventing yourself in midlife. Mm -hmm. um, my own story is the story of the podcast really is, um, you know, I was 20 years in the television business as an executive and an executive producer and largely in the comedy world and really had an amazing run and still might. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think sitting on the executive side, I think for me, corporate life is done. Mm -hmm. Um I think what happened was I got COVID. I got extremely sick. I went to the hospital. Yeah, I was vaccinated, um, but I got COVID pneumonia. I went to the hospital and they said, right this way, uh, and gave me all the medications that were available at the time and checked me into a room by myself. And I felt like I was at a spa. Um, I really was like, this is amazing. Right. <laughs> I'm alone by myself and no one yeah. can plausibly ask me for anything. Um, you know, I was in an extremely intense job and uh, a marriage that was very intense in kind of all the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. I had um, at the time twin 10 year olds, a oh boy and a girl. Um, I was kind of like doing it all, all at once. I had just moved into my dream house, had always wanted to buy a house and finally made that happen. Um, and I think getting really sick and then turning 50 like two weeks later was just a complete wake up call for me. Wow. And and really what it was was that my life looked perfect on the outside. I was doing all the things you're supposed to do and living life, you know, to the fullest according to the American dream. And I was fucking miserable. Sorry, can mm -hmm. I curse? I don't know how to not curse. <laughs> I was miserable. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I was a work machine. Um, I was working constantly. And part of that was because I was hiding from the problems in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't had sex in 10 years. <gasps> I'm Horrified. I hadn't had sex in 10 years. Oh, my God. Does your and vagina I, just close up at that point? 
You know what? My brain was completely disconnected from my body. Oh my God. I'm like, so Like I was just sorry. a walking brain. I was a walking right. head. I was really, um, yeah, I was a person who lived to complete the tasks and do the service that I was obligated to do. And pleasure was not part of it. Um, and, it, you know, this happens in marriages. And I told myself all the lies that everybody else tells themselves. I told my best friend, I said, um, you know, people have really happy marriages with no sex. It's like totally normal. And she's like, mm-hmm. You're like, uh, mm-hmm. Like she wanted to keep the friendship so she'd be there for me on the other side, you know? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I blew it all up. Um, We we got separated. We went to couples therapy for the last time. Um, We had done many rounds of it. We tried when we agreed. We it was mutual. We agreed that it wasn't working. We would try couples therapy one last time. It didn't go well. Um, He moved out. And six months later, I got laid off from my big fancy job. Oh, my God. And I just decided, you yeah, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not going to do life according to the rules anymore. I'm just going to reinvent everything. I'm going to start. I'm gonna, just going to start fresh. I fucking love um, that. <laughs> well, you say that on your website, don't you? Or you say where it says you blew it up. I mean, you literally just started everything every corner everything. of your life everything yeah i mean i still have the kids thank god oh yeah um, <laughs> you know yeah. Didn't, i didn't restart them no. um but yeah i mean i started tr- you know rediscovering my sexuality i started rediscovering my voice you know my job as a television development executive was to to find and nurture other talent um and and help other people bring their shows to life mm. and nurture their dreams. And what happened in that process was like, it was very satisfying work, very creative work, but I was hiding behind the scenes and hiding behind, you know, the bosses who I made look really good. And I like them very much and they deserve all the success in the world, all of the people that I have supported. But I, um, I decided I needed to do it for myself. Yeah, um, and that's I needed exactly to get what out you there. did. That's exactly that's what I'm in the process brave. of doing. Yeah. Is it brave? People keep saying that. I I felt like I didn't have a choice. Okay. Like it's what had to happen. But right. you know what? A lot of people off themselves, you know, as well, when they get to... <laughs> <laughs> a little dark and scary, but like... Fair. You know, like you, you chose the path of like, fuck it. I'm just going to get to where I actually want to be. And you actually had that realization, which is insane. I think people go their entire lives without having to do that. So, yeah, I think so. I think for me, like the turning 50 part of it was very much like, do I want the next 50 years to look like this? And the answer was real clear. Right. Like, absolutely not. You know, and like, if I don't get started doing the things that I know in my heart I want to do, um, and living the way that I want to live and having the kind of experiences I want to have, like, you know, I would drop dead tomorrow. We all could. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting you said, because I turned 50 in December and obviously Susie's a lot younger Happy than I'm 50. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> but and it, and a lot, it is a weird 
thing like like all these things go around your head and I I can connect to a lot of things not not personally but I really understand what you're saying like Mm -hmm. you know I'm married I've got two kids two teenagers you turn 50 and it is a bit like I think when you turned 30 and you turned 40 was just like this huge thing but you sort of thought that's not really that old there's so much time but you turned 50 and I was saying that my head was like oh my god I've got 40 years and then I'll be 90 up 10 years and I'll be 60. That's what was going around my head. And, you, and my husband just thought I was mad. I'm like, no, in 10 years, I'll be 60. In 20 years, I'll be 70. Crazy. And right. like you said, you've got to get on. You've got to do what you've got want to do. Life is too short to be miserable. That's I always right. say to Susie, life is too long and too short at the same time. So it's too short in the sense you've got to get on with it, but it's too long in the sense that many people, like you're saying, are miserable. For are so, long. Diff- so long. For so long. And and miserable, like waiting for the day when they can retire. Mm-hmm. Right. So then they can be happy. No. Right. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm that not doing it. that. No. I... I- yeah. yeah, I was, I think I was, you know, as a young person, I was a writer performer and I was very, um, I was scared. I mean, I did one person shows and I did sketch comedy wow. and I did a whole bunch of stuff. But what I found was the thing I could do that other people couldn't do, which was produce. And so when I went to try to figure out how to have a career, which I really wanted because I wanted all the grown up things and I couldn't mm-hmm. see that happening for me. Um, cause I could never audition. Well, I just was like, who are you on the other side of the table to judge me? <laughs> Let I me judge that. you. I'll 100%. judge you instead. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. I switched sides. Wow. Um, and I, mean, I, I switched sides Eddie behind yeah. you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, oh, wow. I've crushed it. I've crushed it. <laughs> you know, crushed it. um, and, and that's great. And I like all the, the cash and prizes, but mm-hmm. you know, did it like it's I would say that it was really a satisfying path that I took but was it brave I don't think so well I'd love to know like obviously like getting COVID and everything I mean you could have you could have just got to another job right like correct there was there you had all the opportunity I'm sure you obviously had the experience um and obviously, like you talk a lot on your podcast about all these sexual experiences that you obviously Indeed. have, which is amazing. <laughs> and I absolutely want to get into that. Um, and I want to know what it was like after that, like first initial sexual experience after 10 years of not having sex. Okay, here's the crazy part. I like had to figure out how to have a full orgasm again, oh. because I had I had kind of lost my own relationship with myself sexually. And so I just very tentatively dipped my toes into the waters of of online dating. And I found this app that was kind of a sexting app. Mm-hmm. So it was totally anonymous. Right. And oh, cool. so I was I made this profile that was like coming coming out of hibernation, like help wake me up, you know? I I'm love it. I'm 50, but I don't seem it. Like who can help? Yeah. And like not Surprisingly, there were a lot of volunteers. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Like, I love that so much. It's like I sounded the call, you yes. know. <laughs> oh, the men can smell that from yeah. a mile yes. goddamn way. Yeah. And so I had an online relationship with a guy who was a dom. So oh. he was very dominant. 
And he basically told me what to do. He was like, get these toys, like do this, do it this way. And like on the first it was just texting and then it was on the phone. Mm -hmm. I like got a totally anonymous phone number. From the, one of those phone numbers, like services. a burner phone, <laughs> like a burner burner phone number. <laughs> right, um, right, right. I never learned his name. I oh never my. met him. You never. I met don't him. know. Never met him. Right. Oh I don't know if he was who he said he was or any of it. I don't know what is true and what is not. But he definitely had some expertise. Mm-hmm. And I walked around like titillated. Like waiting for his texts, yeah. Like so excited, oh, so like, feeling. oh my god! Like, what's he gonna ask me to do now? Like, oh my god! It was so hot. That's amazing. <laughs> He'd be was... like, "Go in the bathroom at the restaurant that you're in right now." And oh my god! Yes. Wow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's like so... so sexy with like someone like telling you what to do. You haven't. Really, like, what? Sorry, if you don't mind me getting personal in here, it's like, did you, were you masturbating when you were kind of in this like 10 year place of not having sex? Not very often. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get myself all the way to a full orgasm. Wow. Like, I I felt like I was, I had lost a part of myself. You shut down in a sense. Yeah. And did you think like the more time that went on, the more you just thought, I can't get there, and you sort of brush the idea under the cup. Don't don't yes. confront it. Just don't think about it because it's too big. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps keep getting bigger. I another year, another year, another year. Yes, and denial is powerful, mm-hmm. right? It is. Yes, very powerful. Yeah, and um, and I was busy. Mm-hmm. I was busy. I yeah. was busy working and raising little kids, and that was all I was doing. Working and raising kids, working and raising kids, working and raising kids. And that is a thankless job. It is. It's very easy to lose yourself yeah. in those years because you, you're just so busy all the time. And to actually, because I think it's a particularly female thing, a woman thing, yeah. that we are so capable somehow of losing ourselves. We find it so hard to be a mother, a wife, a lover, a person, whereas mm-hmm. men seem a to friend? be- A friend? Where were my friends? Exactly. Yeah. Men seem to be very capable. They're, they can wear all the hats. They're fine. Mm-hmm. But we Some. seem... Yeah, but I <laughs> Some mean... Some men, you know, yeah. maybe they don't expect the same complexity of themselves. Maybe. That's true. That could be it. You're right. You know, yeah. They're not um, so hard on themselves, you know, in terms of... Very. ...how they're doing in all the areas of their life. Yeah, but I, f- I felt very fulfilled by the, by the parenting and by the career especially because I was just crushing it Mm -hmm. and um and getting a lot of you know a lot of pats on the back for grinding as hard as i did at work um and for being the hero you know who would work on the weekends and who would do all the things you needed to do to get it done and Mm -hmm. i worked on a team we were all like that we were all overachievers and masochists in some way yeah Um, and maybe that's why you're so happy with just getting dominated a little bit. I mean, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what woman doesn't like being dominated? I'm sorry. I know. Like, I feel that so much. There's yeah. So much so. Uh, maybe maybe there are, maybe there are people who are not like me, but um, of course there are. Um, but yeah, I. So he sort of opened the door. Yeah. For me. Um, and then and you I would was call like, call that your first sexual kind of relationship? Yes. Kind of with yourself also, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. And all of them were. 
all of them were until they weren't right like Mm -hmm. so i think the i just i mean okay as a 50 year old woman who's been in like hiding for you know in a marriage for i when once we got divorced which was very recently we were together for 17 years married for 17 years so um you know, I didn't know who I was as a woman, as a sexual person, as a viable person to date, to sleep with. I didn't know if I was sexy. I didn't know if I was attractive. I didn't know if my body was still appealing. You know, I didn't even know it was appealing before I got married. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I I really was like, huh, I wonder what this is like now. And I just threw myself at it. Um, And so I you know, I started flirting with one guy on Tinder and he was really interesting and smart and kind of a punk. Like, I like a smart ass. Was really he younger like sm- than you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. You know what? That my current boyfriend, my actual boyfriend is 10 years younger than me. Yes. Um, love that. Which is real good for me. Um, this guy was older, but he seemed like a teenager. Like he had the vibe of a teenager. And he was just real, real smart, real punky and sarcastic, um, real horny. And um, so after flirting for a while, I was like, you know what? This is going to be the guy. Ah. This is going to be the guy. That guy just was like, okay, we're just going to try this. Let's see what happens. Because he felt safe enough. Um, I didn't feel like he was going to like harm me in -hmm. any way. Now, he turned out to be a bit of a dick, but that didn't really matter. Like, and one thing that going out and meeting all these guys and sleeping with a bunch of guys and sleeping with multiple people at the same time and having I was I call it my rumspringa which is like what the Amish kids do when they leave the farm yes after, that's right yes right they go out oh, into the into the world and see if they want to come back and be yeah. part of the community for me I was just like out <laughs> having insane adventures and it was so fun and the best part of it was nobody knew where I was. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a person whose whole life is about being accountable and responsible. And I had a husband who needed to know where I was all the time because oh, yeah. he needed to like stay close to me. And I was always like pulling, pulling, like I need independence. I need freedom, whatever. He didn't, you know, he, he, you can call that love, you can call that codependence, you can call that obsession, you can call it whatever you want to call it, need. Um, so I just had a relationship where I was always known, my whereabouts were known. So the most liberating thing was like being in the car, going to some bar or to meet someone or whatever, and being like, I'm the only person mm-hmm. that knows where I am right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of so losing yourself hot. in that. Yeah. Yeah. And also finding myself. Yes. Right? You know, I'm making these choices. Yes. Um, This is me driving my own life. And I think one thing that I learned through this whole process was like, because I didn't care about any of these people. I came to be friends with a number of the men. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I didn't care about them or really what they thought of me, I was able to have boundaries and state my needs and be direct and honest and say like, okay, so I have a, I have a couple of lovers. Like, you know, if you're cool with that, that's great. That's just what I'm doing right now. Yes. Um, and if you're not cool with that, that's fine. We don't have to see each other, you know. Or like, if they 
we would hook up and get together, but I would not hear from them for a week. I'd be like, yo, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no games. I'm not mad at you. I'm just like, what's your deal? Because like in a normal scenario, when you respect someone and you've had a good time like we did, you would follow up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would say like, that's kind of what I expect. Yes, so I love you can't do that. A fucking boss ass mom. Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can't it. do that, I don't need it. There's yeah. plenty of fish in the sea, which is not something I ever believed to be true when I was young. Really? No, because you know what? When you're young, um, at least when I was young, I was looking for the whole kit and caboodle in one person, right? I was looking for a husband and I was looking for someone who I would get along with their family and we could raise children together. And we would both stay employed and we would, you know have increasing financial success and we would go you know we i had to want the person i was with had to want all the whole big life thing yeah and like in this phase it was like you know it didn't matter to me if it was a guy who'd never been married and like he was a bachelor and that was just his deal and you know like i none of that mattered yeah so are you you still do you still kind of believe that there is maybe that one person maybe later down the line or are you oh, no, like, I'm, I'm in love happy fucking a bunch of guys i'm in love today you are in love <laughs> that's so nice that's very nice that's so to so that actually you, you with your husband do you think it was her boyfriend just, no i'm talking about her, oh, her marriage previous were, were you do you think it just wasn't the right person because my question to you would be like from women to women like do you this question eternal thing can women have it all do you think they can have it all and then you you're talking about you wanted all this stuff and you wanted it in one person do you think it was him um your mindset Mm. all of the above you had too many expectations i mean what was the kind of issue because surely if you hadn't been intimate for 10 years like what was he thinking like you know what I mean, oh yeah, what, what a couple's a therapy say, I guess. <laughs> How do you explain a marriage? Yeah. Like, um, I think we both came into the marriage with a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage. Right. Um, I really recognized his baggage because it looked a lot like my dad. Mm. Um, have you heard this story before? Have you lived this story before? <laughs> like, I think a lot of women, you know, that's that's the imprint, right? So, 100%. Um, and, you know, there's there were all kinds of things that I don't really want to say because I don't want, this is about me and not about him. Um, But he had some issues and um, there are things that he wanted me to solve for him that wasn't my job to solve. And also I was incapable of solving. No one can solve it. Like, so instead of continuing to feel responsible for his well-being, I had to say, you know what, you gotta, you've got to own all this and this has got to be yours now. I tried, you wow. know, and um, I care about him. And he's the father of my children. He lives five minutes away. He takes the kids to school every day. Like, wow, what I a see relationship. Him, I, I see him all the time. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Um, but that is what it is. And we're newly divorced. And I hope things will get, feel, you know, I hope I will um find more grace in my heart at some point but right now i'm still mad um and you know sh- a lot of stuff happens in 17 years yeah i can a lot only of stuff imagine. happens 
And, it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been married 22 years, so mm-hmm. I totally understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. What the, was it him? Was it you? Because it sounds like you really decided to take control of your pleasure, of your life, of absolutely everything you sort of came to the end of the road and decided to do that and do you think that is different from a male and a female perspective it was certainly mutual Mm. um the end of it was mutual we we both Mm -hmm. realized we had tried real hard you know yeah um and brought as much of ourselves as humanly possible to the relationship and i um, I will say, like, I tried for years and years. Once wow. I knew that it was on the bubble, as we say in TV, <laughs> um, I tried for years and years to make it work because I didn't want my kids to suffer. Yeah. Um, yes. But they were suffering because we were arguing, you know, mm-hmm. we yeah. were fighting it's... and we were really miserable. And um, that was hard on them. And, and you know, do I think it's different from a male and a female perspective? I think I can only speak for the one person I was ever married to. I'm, you know, I I sh- got shot out of a cannon when we got divorced. Or w- actually when we got separated when he moved out. I was like, "Okay, what do I get to do now?" <laughs> you know. Like yeah, on to a new Who do I want to be in the world? Yeah, I wanted a new adventure. I wanted a whole new mm-hmm. life. Um Amazing. and so And now you're in love. Yeah. That's incredible. And like your journey, so you said this started during COVID, when you had COVID sort of, I guess we're talking a couple of years, you've been in this new chapter. Three years? What are we posting? Yeah, so two years, two years. years. So I got sick, like it was in the hospital a couple of weeks before my 50th birthday. I just turned 52 at the end of August. So, Mm -hmm. um, and he moved out. Yeah, so I got sick. In the fall, we went to couples therapy. In March of 2022, he moved out. I had my whole rumspringa the whole year. And then I s- started sleeping with this guy around Thanksgiving of last year. And it was like the hottest. It was, it is, it remains the hottest thing I've ever experienced. In my entire life. I love that so. It is so hot. I can't, I don't even know. Like, I convinced myself it's not that hot. Like, it can't possibly be. And then we get together and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He feels the same that. way. And so we fucked our way into falling in love. I mean, we did not do it the normal way. So like, we just had insane chemistry from the first minute. And he, I've seen him three times a week since the day we met. Wow. Like, That's amazing. Uh, and. And like six, and like five or six months ago, we started being like, "Oh, this is actually, like, this is actually a thing. Like, we actually, we go, we go places, we travel, we go to shows, we we just laugh, we enjoy the shit out of each other. We're so different, yeah. Um, which is part of the spark, um, is that we're you know he's not the normal like, um." liberal intelligentsia kind of dude that I would normally go for. Right. Um, you know, and yet he's he is like the most consistent, the most kind, the most um awesome and very, very male. Like in a way that 
is really like archetypical almost. Right. So like just like but he's still like he's an like let's call him an alpha, even though I hate that word. But like um Yeah, he's an alpha. Yeah. He was in the Marines. But just like he but he also like lets you be free and like be yourself. He likes it. I'm so extra. And like (laughs) he's so like, yeah, I'm into it. I'm like, okay. Like he's so secure in himself. Yes. Right. On hinge. On hinge. Uh, on hinge. hinge. So many yeah. people are meeting their guys on hinge. You need to do an ad for hinge. You're mm-hmm. like the poster girl. I know. I know. I know. Although I wouldn't, re- I mean, other people probably go about it a different way than I did. <laughs> no. No, but do you think you had to do your, what's it called, a rumspringer? Did you have to like do that oh, yeah. to find him, do you think? Or could, if you'd met him. I wasn't him, looking for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but if you'd met him and you hadn't had the other experiences, do you think it would be different? Sure, if he was the first and not the yeah. number, whatever. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, um, sure, yeah. I I wouldn't because I came to know myself so well, right? right. And I was at my the the height of my like seductive slutty powers when I met him. I just like did not give a fuck. I was like, you know, I mean, I was just fearless and direct and like yeah. real clear about what was going on there. And yeah, and I didn't want a boyfriend. I love I love the slutty powers. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. I mean, and it, 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 I like to say that I was like a taxi cab with the light on. Like I was just walking around and and every man who had any kind of sexual radar would be like, hello, you know, like at the mall, like old dudes, like whatever. Because <laughs> I was just walking mm-hmm. around lit up because I got lit up because I yeah. got turned on and I, I wanted to be turned on in my whole life. So do you think, were you like this when you were younger, like you sort of more connected to yourself when you're younger and then you sort of lost yourself in marriage? Are you saying you've actually now found this, you know, your, you connect into yourself? Do you think you were and then you weren't and then you are again, if you get my drift? <laughs> yes, I do. And it's a really good question. Um, I was always sexual. I was always interested in sex, but I was scared of the marriage of sex and intimacy. So like I could sleep with people, but I wasn't great at having boyfriends. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I think I was like, okay, I can do this, but I don't I don't want to have to seek your approval. And I don't know how to do relationships. And I I I was so afraid of what people thought of me. Um, and whether I was acceptable or not. So I was like, well, I guess I'm acceptable as someone to sleep with, but like, I'm not going to test it out to see if I'm like a girlfriend. And I had boyfriends and stuff, but I, they were not, I was not a boyfriend girl, right? I, right. I was a girl who did whatever I wanted and was very independent. And, um, and then I w- decided I want to have kids and I had to turn into a person who was willing to be vulnerable enough to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked on that for a while before I met my ex. But I, um, but it wasn't, so what my point is that it wasn't integrated, right? Yes. Now that I'm like so much older 
I know myself. I've lived so much. Yes. I I went about the Rumspringer as like a purely sexual adventure, but I couldn't help turning it into like a self-improvement exercise mm-hmm. and a way to improve my communication and, and how I handle relationships and how I work on my own boundaries and stick up for myself and, and feel self-expressed and all the things that I I want for other women and the things that we talk about on my podcast all the time is a sort of sense of like agency and breaking the rules and looking at the unconscious rules you've been telling yourself and Mm -hmm. um, deciding consciously what you want as opposed to letting this sort of playbook that we all come up with to survive in the world, to succeed in the world. Um, but it may not be what we actually want, it may not yield what we actually want. So Yeah, what I think what is the what is the yeah. one like what is the biggest rule that you feel like you broke that kind of changed your life? Oh, stop lying. Stop lying to yourself? Yeah, Do stop you lying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, stop pretending like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. I stopped pretending like the kinds of interactions I was having with my ex were okay. Um, I stopped pretending like the kind of the way that I was working was okay. Like I would tell myself, well, this is just what you have to do. No, it's not. No, it's not. Actually, there are plenty of very successful people who have a lot more balance than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who actually take care of themselves, um, who don't wear themselves to the bone, you know, there are a lot more people who are better at asking for what they want instead of just accepting what's offered to them. Like, mm-hmm. so I I think I, I had to really stop lying. I also thought I wanted a super conventional life. And I think I only thought that because ki- having kids pushes you down that lane. It and does, you have yeah. to fight really hard to be someone who's not conventional when you have kids. You have you to do. really be... Yeah either incapable of conforming or really unwilling to conform. I think you have to not worry about what everyone thinks about you. And and that's that's a huge thing. Right. I mean, I have a an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old and you have to really be very sure that the way you're doing it, you're doing it your way and just block everyone else out. But I I do also think you talked about age and you know we're of a similar age mm-hmm. and I talked to Susie about this a lot that it, do you have to, you kind of have to live quite a long time to kind of realize all the things that were wrong that you don't want that you want to be mm-hmm. now and it's almost mm-hmm. like you know you've got to have done it to get to the point where you are to go I don't want to do that anymore and to change it as opposed to starting when you're in your 20s and go no let's not do this that and the other because yeah. you don't know until well, you go I, I want to be open I want to be open to all opportunities and understanding of where I want to be in my life. I have no idea what I do and like and don't like unless it's to do with my pussy. Yeah, well, yeah, she knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. I mean, that's really important. Um, the first step. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was on a, a path to be a different kind of person. And then I decided I needed to make a good living and I needed to uh, set myself up to have kids. And that that really changed the way that I made decisions. So I could not be like a bohemian artist, world traveler, you know, working just to make enough money to travel and do whatever, um, seeking adventures and, you know, all of that stuff that I did when I was young. Um, I will say that I'm so much less uptight 
than I was when I was young. I'm so much, I, I'm so much freer. Like, I just don't really care what you think. Like, no, of course I want to be approvable in some way, but I, do, I don't have to be approvable to everyone. I think the people who get you will get you and the people who don't won't and the people who come along for the ride, you know, of your evolution are the right people and the people you leave behind, like that was for that time in your life. So I think that I have, you know, I've heard many women our age say, I just didn't have any fucks left to give. And I feel that way. I feel that way. Even though like, I still would like to be able to, you know, have some kind of safety net if I ever want to go back to corporate life, but I'm blowing it up as we speak. Like the more yeah. honest and self-expressed I am, the more I'm, I, I'm, making decisions about my future, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. who knows how people will judge me? There is the possibility that they might. But for me, being honest and um, thoughtful and open about my journey, I feel like is a service to other women. And, and having the conversations that I have on the podcast about all kinds of things from menopause to sexuality to, um, oh my God, I mean, anything and everything that we've covered. I'm about to interview a, a woman who's a doctor on Skid Row in LA. Wow. Like, how do you do that? Like, what's that yeah. like being a woman in your 50s doing that work? Like people who have made radical pivots from being like lawyers to filmmakers, like people, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so interested in how people choose to live their lives as authentically as possible um, mm -hmm. or strive I for do, that authenticity. I do notice that you uh, you're do you only or you mostly uh, interview women? I'm only interviewing women right now. Yeah. Which I love. I think that's a very cool way mm -hmm. to do it and like understand how all women of walks of life are living their lives and how we're fucking breaking the rules, as you say. Yeah. And I th and like one of the parts of, about our podcast is I'm Gen X and, and Susie's a millennial. And that, yeah. that we want to have this discussion as women, but obviously the perspective is different. And I think particularly if you're 50 now, you're a Gen X, or we are in this sort of vortex. Yes, of full on Gen X. Mothers. Yeah. It was very, very, very different. And we sort of changed that and where that's going. So we're asking all these questions at our age, 50 year olds, that, you know, our mothers and grandmothers. Nobody ever talked about any of that. What no. do you mean you're not happy? No. Just get on with it, you know. Um, what do you mean you're, who cares? Well, and you're British, so you've got it double. Well, yes, I've got it, <laughs> mate. Yeah, the British thing doesn't help. <laughs> I, I, my I mean, dad's I, british the, so i totally get it oh right yes we're all a bunch <laughs> of repressed weirdos i'm afraid but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just so it's it's fascinating that you're talking to women because i think we have to have so many more conversations with ourselves 50 year olds with younger women with older women so that hopefully this gets a little bit more that's a little bit easier or just at least we communicate more about what's going on and not sort of stuff it down yes. into a box all the time. Yes. And I think so many of us are so accomplished. Mm -hmm. You know, so many women in Gen X really took the having it all real seriously. And they mm -hmm. yes. ran full speed ahead at their careers and their ambitions. 
Um, and then they layered marriage and children onto that. And like, it's, you know, I feel like we, we carry the world, you know, we carry the world and, you know, maybe we don't all want that job. Like, absolutely. you know, maybe, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still raising my kids. I'm still, they're still my top priority, but that doesn't mean I can't start my own thing or, you know, have love affairs or, you know, <laughs> fall in love with a younger guy, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, like, I, you know, I, I try to protect them from the, the less appropriate side of my evolution. Of course, um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not entirely successful at that, because we're real close, and we all live in the same house. Um, but like, my daughter's like, I don't li- listen to your podcast, mom. Because she listened to the trailer and she was like, and that's all I need to know. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> she calls I me know, spicy. Yeah. yeah. Her nickname for me is spicy. spicy. I love that. That's fantastic. Like, that is you. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, my two daughters, they don't want to listen to it either. So, I, you know, I totally get that. Right. It's like, oh, mom. that's. I'm about lame. to hit that. <laughs> 12, they're still interested. But, you know, coming up on 13, 14, 15, I know they're going to be like, mom. <laughs> enough <laughs> no i'd love to, i'd love to know um what do you kind of tell women my age um if you talk to you know millennials or gen z's even or even your daughters like what is the thing to make us feel hotter than ever at this point in our lives like how do we get to the point of that kind of freedom and i i because i know women who were my age who are already like trapping themselves in this kind of life where you just know they're not going to be happy in 5, 10, 20 years. So how do we, what is the point? How do we get to not get there? Like, how do well, we get to freedom? It's a great question. I only have my own answers. I am no, I don't want to be a life coach or a guru or no. anything. I'm in an inquiry that that I'm just making public, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I'm willing to share myself so that other people will will grow from it. Um, as I grow and change. Um, but what do you want? What do you fucking want? That is the question that women have the hardest time answering. Yes. Getting in touch with your own wants, not filtered through the what my parents want for me or what society says I should want or any of that. What do I want? What lights me up? Where do I feel good in the world? Who do I like being around? What is the work that feels meaningful to me? Mm-hmm. You know, who, what, who are the people that make me feel like the best version of myself? How can I get more of that? Like, that's, to me, the simple and impossible answer, right? To, to get in touch with what it is that you want is a very hard thing for women. And because we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if we go out and we're real clear and super ambitious and direct, what a bitch. Who does she think she is? Right. God, she's a lot. She's full of herself. Like the culture has a lot of great, very powerful tools to keep us exactly where we're quote unquote Mm -hmm. supposed to be. Right. But cultivating this cultivating a, a bit of a fuck it attitude <laughs> like i never had that when i was young i cared so much what you thought of me i cared so much whether i could be approved of by men by bosses by society in general whatever 
right? By the mm. social rules I grew up with, by my family, by everybody. Um, I care so much less about that now and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And so the more, like I started out as an actor and I would go into auditions and I would be like, oh, I'm so scared. Well, I'm not really going to get it right. What are they going to think of my body? And how am I going to win? And then I have friends who were, who ended up very successful as actors who would go in, do a thing, charm the shit out of everyone, be prepared, do their thing and walk out. Fuck it. Maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't. I could never get to that place mm-hmm. in any area of my life. But that is what it takes like to to be a successful actor. Maybe that is what it takes to be living comfortably in your own skin in the world. You know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that everyone Maybe. finds attractive, <laughs> though. If you're confident and you're like, fuck it, I'm doing me, mm-hmm. then that's what draws people to you. Or me, in your case, you were talking like men are drawn in by that because it's like so mm-hmm. appealing. And a lot of younger women, they don't have that because it's impossible because there's so many things they're fighting against and pressures like, I have to live like this because I'm supposed to be a girl boss and I'm a feminist, but I don't <laughs> want to do that. And like everything's pulling in different directions. Well, and how do you get in touch with your center, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't find any spirituality until my 40s. I didn't I didn't meditate ever until my 40s. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think finding a, a way to be quiet, even just journaling, honestly, it sounds so simple and like dear diary, but like, you know, there's a way to get in touch with who you what you're honestly thinking and that's to write Mm -hmm. um and you know and you may be lying to yourself on the page some of the time you know but like probably not if you do it all the time you know yeah so these things are so simple but also so hard right yeah yeah they are hard i mean the the biggest thing um that i love what you've done obviously is like you've just really owned your sexuality at an age where I think a lot of women are for like quote unquote forgotten because I think a lot of women like Gen X now women like in their 50s coming up like they feel invisible and I think what is amazing is that like people I think a lot of the time we always think that um, people make us feel invisible but we're actually making ourselves feel invisible and I think think what you've done is like done that oppositely where you have been like I'm I'm fucking horny. I want to fuck. I want this man. I want to do whatever. And you're doing it. And that's so inspiring, I think, for a lot of women, young and, you know, women who are coming up in their age and yeah, feeling hot coming, yeah. still. Hotter than ever. Here we are. Yeah. And and honestly, here's what I'll say. Like, mm-hmm. men of every age were interested mm-hmm. in me. Like, and I'm like, you know, 20, 30 pounds overweight. Like, I'm not... I don't have like the gym body. I don't have the like whatever. I take good care of myself. I put myself together well, but I'm not like a supermodel by any stretch. I think of myself as a very normal woman. Erin, um, you're a and, MILF. I'm sorry to say it. I know. That's what my boyfriend says. Um, that's what he was <laughs> um, No, seriously. He was looking for a hot mom 
um, because mm-hmm. he does not want kids. And every woman his age who wanted to date him, he is total marriage material. He is total dad material. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And mm-hmm. so every woman was like, how do I get him? You know, how do I get a ring on my finger? And he's like, mm-hmm. fucking lay off, guys. Like, yeah. he's like, I want a hot mom. Like, that will be resolved. And I'm like, okay, but now we have to deal with like, how do we do this? Because you don't want kids and I have them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll have to figure that out as we go. They're aware of him, but I'm not introducing them yet. Um, right. We'll meet yeah. them That's at something. some point. But he's for me. He's not for them. He's for me. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's for my life and my fun and my joy and my pleasure and my adventures. And it's okay yeah. if a mom has that in her life. Of course. It does not. It can be more than one thing. You don't have to live. Right. You don't have to live in a certain way just because you're a mom. I'm not harming them. I'm an amazing no. mom. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm grumpy sometimes, but like, you know, I'm real present. And yeah, yeah, I just, it's another one of those unconscious rules, right? Oh, I'm a mom, so I can't. Oh, I'm over 50, so I'm not hot by default. Doesn't look right. It's like, yeah. actually, there were 28-year-olds, there were 23-year-olds. I didn't sleep with them. That was not my thing. I was like, if I could have given birth to you, I'm not having sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I know other women my age who only date guys in their 20s. Of course. Yeah. Right? Because they're hot. But they're fucking idiots. Come on. I mean, yeah. I dated a couple of guys in their 30s. And I was like, oh, you are as self-centered and terrible as the guys in their 30s when I was in my 30s because right. they haven't lived. They've mm-hmm. not been right. beat up by life. They haven't failed at anything yet. They haven't been yeah. humbled. So, right. you know, like Good way of the it. fact that, yeah. And and I was really looking, and I put out there like, I'm looking for someone with some grit. You know, I'm that's what it what attracts me is someone who's lived. Like, let's not be on a bullshit basis. Let's like, mm-hmm. you know, it can be hot and sexy and that could be what it's about. But also like, are you interesting? Like, mm-hmm. are you gonna sustain yeah, my attention? Because my attention is not just between my legs. Like No, and like, is there did you ever I mean you were in an experimenting phase, let's call it. I mean mm-hmm. maybe it's not a phase, maybe it's just no for sure your way of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you experiment maybe with women as well? Or were you kind of like, I know I in love college. men? College. <laughs> in college. Yeah. You know, that's the typical story, right? What did it we is, call them at yeah. college? We called them lugs. Lugs, lesbians until graduation. No. So I've funny. never heard that. That's so funny. That's I had hilarious. a girlfriend in college. I, yeah? Yeah. I have so many friends yeah. who were lugs. But now I know yeah. what that term is. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't used it since then. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't like. Absolutely I didn't. Hilarious. I didn't like eating pussy. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't. It's I, not it for wasn't everyone. For me. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I did a couple times, and it's I was so like, funny. I just... "This isn't." Yeah, it's not for me. I, I'm really hot for guys. I'm. You know, yeah. I date guys. We love a good dick. So. Yeah, and also, you know, strength and and hunger from a man feels so mm-hmm. amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. To feel wanted, to feel like they can't get enough of you. They can't take their hands off you. They can't mm-hmm. like everything you do. They're like devouring you with their eyes like, oh, my God, is that the hottest thing mm-hmm. ever? Like, that's what turns me on is like, yeah, you know, just feeling like, whoa, we've got this current going between us. 
Um, and all we have to do is sort of turn up the flame, right? That's a mixed that. metaphor. We've got a pilot light going and it's lit all the time. And then all you got to do is put on a little gas. That's a cleaner metaphor. <laughs> Oh, I love this so much. I wish, Aaron, I could speak to you about this for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yes, um, this but hour I know we've already gone. gone almost an hour. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't feel long enough, and we're gonna come visit you in LA, okay, Definitely. babe? But, Please um, do. I would love to hang out. Uh, we would have so much. We would have too much fun. Maybe we would. A little too <laughs> much and fun. a few many yeah. too many cocktails. Who knows yeah. what else we're gonna talk about? No, yeah. I don't really drink these days. Oh, oh well, wow. we do. We'll drink them. Oh no. <laughs> Well, we'll because, drink, you can have because weed is legal here. Weed is legal here. Yes. Oh, and here. It's very legal here. Oh, too. let me tell you my latest, <laughs> my favorite thing is um, drinks with THC in them. Mm. So like you oh, okay. could have, a, I could have my THC drink while you have your glass of wine or whatever 100%. your poison is. Perfect. And, no and I know that you're doing is shrooms. perfect for me. I have done shrooms a bunch of times recently. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's so that. perspective shifting. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you're in like a safe place with people you trust, um, you know, it really is mind opening. Those are the experiences I want. Those are the experiences I want for other people to open their minds, to to question all the things they've assumed were true about their lives, all the rules that they've been following. Like maybe those aren't your rules. Maybe those are rules mm-hmm, for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Maybe you can do it differently mm-hmm. and feel better as a result. Sounds like very good advice. Extremely yeah. good advice. Yeah. My darlings. Oh, Erin. Yeah. We could talk forever. It could, like, this has been an absolute blast this is so fun. for us. And you're so successful and so funny. And we really recommend all of our listeners to um, obviously listen to you. Hotter than ever. Um, get on it. She's got really good guests on. It's really great. And talking to hot women, yep. doing their yep. stuff. Thank you yeah, so absolutely. much for the plug and for having me on. I love it. Thank I, you so much. Yes, I want to. I want to just. I want you to just give your little last maybe pitch of where people can find you. Give them your ads, your emails, whatever you want them to know. Amazing. Please. Look for Hotter Than Ever on wherever you listen to podcasts. Find me on Instagram at Hotter Than Ever Pod. Um, we're also going to be putting all the episodes up in audio only format on YouTube um, at Hotter Than Ever Pod on mm. YouTube so people can listen to them there. Um, or Aaron D. Keating on Instagram. Fabulous. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you and so we'll much. We'll definitely be speaking again. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you the six so month update. I can give you the six month update once once we're like absolutely. Uh, we need it. We want it. That's it. I want to know everything that you every sex party you've gone to with your new boyfriend or your new boy toy and your love and oh no, he's maybe a boyfriend. You, found, you know, yeah. a bisexual hottie. She wants to know everything. <laughs> she always wants to know everything. Yeah, you can call me. <laughs> I'll tell you all Perfect. the details. <laughs> I'm already on it, babe. Okay. So great to meet you. Thank you you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fantastic. We'll speak soon. Okay. Bye, Bye. darling. 
Sharing My Truth Pod is so excited to partner with Vibrator.com, where the A in Vibrator is the number eight. This is an extremely exclusive code where no other podcast has it. If you go to Vibrator.com right now, use the code MS15, that's MS15 at Vibrator.com, you can now get 15% off anything in store. That's any sex toys for you, your partner, your neighbor, your mom. We don't judge. We don't care. Get it now. Go to the link in our bio, put in the code, and get jiggy with it. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate and review this podcast and follow us on social at Sharing My Truth Pod and leave us a voicemail on our website, sharingmytruth.com to share your stories and experiences with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.